Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, Took a little break. Took a little break. Just a few weeks to recalibrate, recuperate, reinvigorate. And um, yeah, I'm here, you know, at home, still here, still pregnant. We are drifting into the last month of the second trimester and this nugget is bouncing around in my belly as we speak actually um so it's been really fun it's been really challenging it's been really eye-opening and maybe at some point we'll talk about that um for any of you listeners um trigger warning by the way for any of you listeners who have been following for some time or for those who are new welcome um, you guys know my history with pregnancy. Um, if you have been following for some time too, you also know that this bundle of joy is a beautiful surprise. <laughs> um, and maybe I'll have my husband come on and we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, not to get to, into gross details of, you know, grown and married people's business, but, um, yeah, like... We're newlyweds. We got married in September, you know, and we had all these plans of, yeah, you know, we'll wait a few years, you know, be married, enjoy ourselves and, you know, newlyweds stuff and bada bing, bada boom, baby. So here we are um, and we're enjoying it and our families are enjoying it. And, you know, I'm healthy. Nugget is healthy. Daddy is healthy. Our relationship is healthy um, and prayerfully and with work, we will continue to do so. So that's a little update on me. Um, so let's dive into some, some craziness and some foolery because apparently in the year of our Lord 2020, if you miss even a single day, you've missed a year of news. So without further delay, let's dive into it. Let's get into the church announcements. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. Alrighty. So, I don't know if you guys know, um, but I, I hope you guys have heard. There is a brand new podcast. This is not sponsored. There's a brand new podcast, the Michelle Obama podcast. Um, So the rest of us are going to pack it up and go home. That's it for the church announcements. That's it for the Reclaim podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we probably should because, oh my gosh, first of all, I don't believe in putting people on pedestals at all. I don't believe in, you know... I don't even believe in meeting your heroes, Um, but Michelle Obama, man, oh man. And, you know, she's just, she just, she just does it all right, you know? Like, she's just the epitome of class, the epitome of, of American elegance, the epitome of, of do-it-yourselfness, the just grace and character and integrity and she had the audacity 
to do her first podcast episode with her husband, Barack. And them two together are so stinking cute. Just the way they talk to each other, the way they relate to each other, the way they retell their stories in a room to each other for us, but to each other. Like they were supposed to be talking to us, but at one, they weren't talking to us. <laughs> we were just, we were just listening in on their obviously very, very happy, very, very love filled relationship. And they're just, oh my gosh, just so cute. I, I'm a fan. I am a fan. I have to admit, um, 35 years of living on this planet and I have learned that no one is infallible. <laughs> That everyone has a darker side or, you know, some type of some type of thing with them, you know. And so I try not to be this person that's just like, you know, oh, my God, like they they can do no wrong. Like, that's not true. That's not true at all. They can. They're people and they should be they should have the room to be able to do wrong. Like like us, we, we should have the room to be able to do wrong, you know, choose right. You know, choose to do right, have the room to do wrong, still have the choice is what I'm trying to say and butchering. But yes, like I said, Michelle Obama podcast, not not sponsored, by the way. Um, But if you want to hit your girl up, I would love to work with Michelle Obama. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, it was really, really cute. I can't wait for the next episode. Um, Waiting on bated breath. Next up in not so good news uh herman cain has passed away unfortunately um the 2012 presidential nominee not nominee i'm sorry he he was going up to be president um black man businessman conservative christian um you know what all those words mean uh (laughs) And yeah, all those what all those words mean together. Let me say that what all those words mean together in a in a soup. Um, But yeah, he passed away and y'all had some some feelings about it. I made a TikTok video about it uh, because he tweeted something out about not wearing a mask and how people are fed up about wearing masks. And then the news drops that he passed from COVID-19. And that's the whole reason why we're wearing masks. Um, And it sucks because it's like, on one hand, I feel terrible that this, like, there's a family out there that's grieving. Like, regardless of your political affiliations, you know, there's really no good guys and bad guys, guys. There's, there's people who make decisions based upon their, what their knowledge base and their their circumstances there's people you have to be able to see yourself on both sides you have to be able to relate because as soon as people lose their their humanity to you you are becoming a monster so for everybody who's rooting and cheering and saying yeah that's what he gets that's what he deserves um that's trash don't do that there's someone out there that is grieving there's a community out there who has felt lost and yeah, that sucks. Then on the other hand, I'm sitting here like, buddy, you had you had come through and beat cancer several times. You're one of those high risk people that everyone has been talking about. The reason why a lot of us wear masks. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, it felt it feels foolish. It feels ridiculous. It feels it feels 
it feels icky, but it feel, also feels like a lesson. Like, and I hate to say that because again, this is a, someone's someone's relative. Someone loved this person. Someone cared about this person. But like, you gotta wear a mask. Like, I just heard another story about uh, I believe it's a social media figure or such and so and so that he, his husband, um, gay couple, their family, they had a big big party. And the very next day, this person woke up extremely sick, extremely sick. Come to find out he had COVID-19. Come to find out several people at the party contracted COVID-19 because they had this party. And because, you know, when you're speaking, there's all these droplets that leave your mouth, that leave your body. And even after some time, those droplets still hang in the air. (laughs) So if COVID is just hanging out in the droplets likelihood is you could be breathing it in and not even know it Bet you didn't even know the droplets thing that's going to make you feel really gross about talking to people um from henceforth <laughs> because i know it made me feel really gross I'm like uh droplets uh everywhere all the time yuck gross um fascinating but yeah and oh and and earlier that day before the party they went to go visit a couple who had had a brand new baby bless blessings that the baby is fine and i believe that the parents are fine so not sure how or where they actually contracted um covid-19 um i'm sure that with proper tracing if people actually would stop believing that this is a hoax um and start treating this like the virus that does not care about your political affiliations, your religious affiliations, your your beliefs, your rights. And start treating this like a virus that will attack a human body regardless. And yeah, you may be asymptomatic, but your daughter may not. You may be asymptomatic, but your mother may not. You may be asymptomatic, but your community may not. And that you end up being patient zero, you end up being the spreader, you end up being the one that's burying these people. Congratulations. Because um, COVID-19 don't care. And if you don't believe that, go walk through an ICU if they let you. Go look at ICUs. If you don't believe that COVID-19 is real, go walk through a hospital. Go walk through a cemetery. Go see people who could not even say goodbye to their loved ones. If you don't believe it's real. Like, I don't... I don't know how you could live in the year of our Lord 2020 and think that all of this is a ploy for whatever, whomever, whatever's going on. Um, because, you know, the Democrats want to get Trump out of office. And so they're all pretending COVID-19. So the whole world got together. <coughs> the whole world got together. Those are allergies, by the way, not COVID-19. Um, praise God. Um, the whole world, the whole globe got together and decided that they didn't want President Trump to be the president of the United States anymore. And so they decided to make him look bad by having everybody in the world pretend to be sick. So millions of people dead, uh, over 150,000 people dead here. And we're all just pretending like we're all just acting. This is all just a hoax. Yeah. Come out the trailer. Walk yourself to the, your nearest hospital your nearest ICU, go see those people. Go see. Go walk to the nursing homes where people can't visit them, um, their relatives anymore because for fear of getting them ill or sick or killing them. Go 
to any of those places. Any of those places. And tell me if you still believe that it's a hoax. Or does it not play into your, like, supremacist narrative? Like, it, it, this, this whole thing is foolish. And I'm looking at New Zealand. They done got their stuff together. I'm looking at, you know, a lot of countries that have just gotten themselves together. They're, they got their sports back. Everybody is, like, getting back to normal or establishing a newer normal, a safer normal. And I'm looking at the maps that are saying, like, hey, hi, these are countries that don't allow the United States in. And, you know, don't you dare anyone in, on this side of anything shape your lips to say that <laughs> that any other country is a shithole country because hey hi we're the united states and we're not allowed in a lot of different countries because some of y'all refuse to even do the basics of wearing a mask some of y'all are really out here confusing inconvenience for oppression some of y'all are really out here confusing inconvenience for oppression and that just proves you've never been oppressed in your life. Like, that's how you can look at a thing like Black Lives Matter and call them thugs and, and, and whatever else terrible thing that you call them. But look at what happened with the protesters who didn't want, a pro, uh, who didn't want COVID measures anymore walking in to a, a government building with guns, which is a terroristic act, and attempting to get onto the floor of, of that operating house. While, while they were in session and scream and carry on and stuff like that. And y'all call those patriots. I wonder what the difference is. Sounds about white. Anyway, Herman Cain, rest in peace. Um, y'all got to get y'all stuff together because I want to travel. And I'm as much as I love my home, I'm tired of my home. I miss outside. I wanted to go to the beach this summer. <laughs> I really did. Um, I, people wanted to go to proms. People wanted to go to graduations. Do you know that if everybody had just sat their asses at home for a few weeks, wore masks when they went outside, <coughs> wore masks when they went outside, um, and did just the necessary social distancing without all the ridiculousness that's going on, this could have been over for us too. We could have gotten back to normal. All y'all are doing is prolonging the inevitable and causing a lot more harm and grief. It just proves like and it, it, it's so frustrating because all this proves is that Americans are more infatuated with our right. Let me start over certain Americans, which happen to outnumber the rest of us with common sense. But even if they were a minority it, in this case, it would still be a problem because they're still spreading uh, misinformation and the virus. Y'all are so enamored with your rights that you forget your responsibilities. There's responsibilities tied up in rights. Like, yeah, you have the right to not wear a mask, but you also have the right to stay your ass at home. We're in the middle of a glo global. All right. What don't we understand about global? What don't we understand about global? What don't we understand about that? The world, there's a the planet is going through this, that there are people in every single country that is a country. There are people everywhere that are either sick or dying of this virus. And y'all are so in it. I, I don't have to wear one. It's my right. It's my right. It's also your right to stay your ass at home. Stay home. 
Don't give the baristas any grief. Don't give the people at Target any grief. Don't give the people at Costco any grief. Don't give the people on um, public transportation any grief. You don't want to wear a mask? Stay home. It's the same thing with the shoes and the shirt. No shoes, no shirt, no service. No mask, no service. And you better praise God that we have essential workers who are out here risking their lives like shout out to the doctors we love the doctors y'all are so dope we appreciate y'all so dope doctors nurses hospital staff shout out to my bestie um all y'all we love y'all but essential workers also deserve the love and respect and shout outs too because while we a lot of us have the privilege because we're going to talk about that later privilege to stay home or work from home and you're complaining about your kids jumping off the walls, essential workers got to leave their kids, often leave their families to go and work at a job that doesn't pay them enough to risk their lives and their families' lives and health so that they can eat. There's people out here who are literally choosing, do I feed my family and potentially get them sick or do I stay home? And risk starvation or eviction. That's how real this stuff is, y'all. Like, but people keep fascinated, fascinated and enamored about their rights and have no responsibility. No responsibility. Sorry, I don't, this was not even in my notes. This was completely unscripted. I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And maybe it's the, the blooming, blossoming mom in me. That's coming out. Um, maybe it's that. I, I don't know. I don't know what. But I, I'm so frustrated because, like, I have to give birth in this situation. And there were people I wanted in the delivery room when I give birth. And I'll be lucky if my husband even makes it in there to support me while I'm giving birth to our first child. Do y'all realize how serious that is? There's people who missed their entire graduations, people who missed entire weddings, people who had to cancel weddings, people who had to cancel life changing, life altering, life perspective moving moments because of this virus, because they would rather keep people safe than risk everyone's like health then you have the selfish people who just go ahead and do it and then you know you find out four weeks later half those people half those people who attended were sick it's very very frustrating it's so frustrating because like if we actually did act like the united states maybe we would unite and say hey hi you're y'all remember 9-11 if y'all remember 9-11 or you were too young for 9-11 um or if you do, here's what happened. I think I was in 11th grade. I think I was just starting 11th grade when 9-11 started. I mean, when 9-11 happened. Um, but there was a identified enemy. Now, looking back on that, that was horrible, you guys. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, a lot of it came out of nationalism and racism. <laughs> a lot of the things that we did um, or that we witnessed, not that we did, but things that we witnessed. Um, but I remember going to candlelit, candlelight vigils and singing with my school choir um, to try to perk up the spirits of people. 
And yeah, I knew all about racism. By then I had experienced plenty of it, living as a black person in a predominantly white township. I experienced plenty of it. Microaggressions, macroaggressions, regular aggressions, regular size aggressions. Like, you know how you have like small, medium, large aggressions. That's all that. But I remember this sense of feeling American during 9-11. And we had an identified threat. We had an identified problem. We had an identified thing that we needed to fight. And we felt united. What has happened to us that we can look at a virus that does not care about who's rich, who's poor, who's Republican, who's Democrat, who's Christian, who's independent, who's Muslim, who's uh, Jewish, who's any of those situations and not care. This virus doesn't even care if we're American or not. This virus does not care. It will take the people that you love the most out. Without any question, qualm, or any repercussion. And you will just lose them. Do you want it to be said that your loved one passed because of your irresponsibility? Or because you believed a man who, would, who looked into a solar eclipse bare-eyed over a scientist? Over a doctor? It's wild to me. It's wild to me. Like I said, all this is unscripted. I'm, <laughs> I don't know where all that came from, but we needed to talk, obviously. Um, so hit me up in the <laughs> hit me up uh, if you guys want to continue that conversation. But I'm going to move on because I am so frustrated, so angry about this entire situation uh, because so many people have experienced so much loss that was so unnecessary. And. <sighs> Has 2020 not taken enough from us? Can we not all just look at each other and like, look, I don't know you. We may disagree on some points, but I see you and I see your humanity. And I know that you deserve the right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. And the first in that thing is life. And so I will wear a mask, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's summertime, even if I'm hot and pregnant and uncomfortable. But I will wear one to protect you. And you will wear one to protect me. And we will stand six feet apart from each other. And we will respect each other. We will wash our hands. And we will, we will conquer this virus together. We will self-quarantine. We will stop going to these parties. We will stop the foolishness. And we will grow up. And we will figure this thing out. And then when the virus is gone, we can go back to hating each other. You want to stand on your supremacist stance? Fine. Whatever. You think that you're superior, fine, whatever, fine. But right now, let's, let's put all this aside, all this craziness aside, and let's fight this thing together. Anyway, rest in peace, Herman Cain. In lighter news, Terry Crews is trending. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I, I, can't, I gotta tell you guys, I'm baffled because I met Terry Crews, like, I believe the beginning of this year, he's the night. He's so nice. He's so freaking nice. He's a nice person. He's a sharp dresser. He's really, really cool. Like I would want to hang out with Terry Crews. I would take his phone and take 
his and, and and deactivate his Twitter account because bruh, please, 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 please stop making comments on social justice and social inequity as 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 yourself because it's just if <laughs> there are some things that you will never hear me talk about or you won't hear me talk about till much later because I am ignorant about them. I don't know anything about anything about those situations. So there's things you will not hear me talk about. You will not make hear me make commentary on. You will not see a tweet from me about if not for a while or if ever, simply because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm not out here trying to throw words around that I don't know what they mean. I'm not out here trying to offer opinions that may or may not be valid on communities that I may or may not be part of. I'm not out here for that. I want Terry to adopt my model. <laughs> because I think that he forgets that, you know, as an acceptable black, <laughs> and there's acceptable blacks and non-acceptable blacks. And we, we will, we could talk about that right now, actually. Um, Terry Crews is an acceptable black. Um, he's, he, he's made white people feel very comfortable. He's made white people feel very safe in his presence. He's not liable or likely to pop off at any moment. Unlike, uh, hmm, who is an unsafe black? I know so many. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example of an unsafe black. Don Lemon used to be um, a safe black. He used to be safe. Don Lemon got real, real woke. Like I told you guys a few episodes ago, I'm like, he can come to the cookout bring bay with him we will not only make him a plate we will make him a spot where they can both sit with their khaki shorts and their polo shirts looking adorable but don lemon could come to he can come to the cookout um sheesh who mark lamont hill now if you don't know dr mark lamont hill you need to get to know dr mark lamont hill because he's dope um Really great guy, professor, former commentator on CNN, got his own show on BET, um, is the creator, proprietor of Uncle Bobby's Books, which we love, which we support um, here in Philadelphia. Just a dope dude with a lot of good things to say. Um, Not everything that he says I agree with, but there's a lot. There's a lot that I do agree with. Um. But yeah, Terry Crews is a safe black. And I think that he forgets as a safe black that some of the things that he's saying is not true or accurate for our community. Case in point. He was trending a few days ago um, when he decided to take coon, the term that black folks use as, you know, it. It means a traitor to the race. Now, there's a deeper history um, that I'm not going to fully go into today, but it started. It's not a raccoon like an animal, like people think, like with a mask and stuff like that, you know, things like that. Um, No, it's not really based upon that. It's based upon there were pens and cages that they used to keep enslaved Africans in before they would board them onto ships. Those were called coons. The, 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 The actual pens that they used to keep them in and there were people in there who say well you know they they were trying to be hopeful and they were trying to be you know 
they were trying to be peppy. They were trying to make people feel comfortable, um, even while being in, you know, they didn't know what they were getting ready to go through. They didn't know they were getting ready to go on a ship and go sail miles and miles and miles away from everything they knew or love or was familiar with or their culture and become just workhorses for, you know, a country that four or five hundred years later still doesn't respect them. They didn't know that. But they were, like, trying to be, like, encouraging. And people called them coons. Like, you're trapped. Like, you're, you're trapped. So Terry decided he was going to take coon. Water break. He was going to take coon and make it into his own acronym. Which he said is conquer our own negativity. I know. I wanted to laugh too. To keep from crying. I'm like, dude, you are the epitome of a coon right now. Uh, like, who, who? Question. Who are we? Who is talking to Terry? Who is talking to Terry? Rebecca. His wife's name is Rebecca, right? Rebecca, can you take Terry's phone? Can you take his Twitter? Can you please, like, let him tweet about, like, his shows? And like what he's got coming up next, like a like a celebrity or, you know, what? y'all can hire a social media manager. We are not that expensive. I'm trying to tell you, like social media manager life is great. Content creation life is great. I'm sure you guys can find somebody who will manage his social media and make him look really, really good and make him, you know, talk about the stuff that he's working on and you know have behind the scenes with like his workouts or family time or like something funny happened or things like that you he cannot he could just not do this please like let's work together okay because he's a nice person i'm trying to i'm trying to tell you guys i'm having a hard time because like uh, on one hand it's just like i really liked him when we spoke he was very friendly and warm and inviting he answered our questions he he was very very like sweet he loves his family he loves his wife all those things but you could be all those things and still be a coon oh boy that's why it's so important to have community y'all like community community you know what i'm saying folks that can invite you to the cookout folks that already know that you'll be at the cookout folks who know that you're bringing a designated dish to the cookout folks who know that you will help clean up at the cookout all that all that um i'm skipping over some stuff i was going to talk about kanye but i i'm we're, we're going to keep him on the second shut-in list um shout out to his friends that like came out to check on him shout out to and i never thought i would say this but shout out to his wife Kim Kardashian West, who has been trying to get him the help that he needs. And we didn't need to, we, I'm taking back some of the stuff I said about her. We didn't need to give her the grief that a lot of us did. Um, but for everybody who was saying, like, well, it's not Kim's job to heal a broken man. And I said the same thing it's not a wife's job to heal a broken man, but it is a wife's job to be accountable for her husband like that's what marriage is you're accountable like let earl go off on a crazy rampage rant i'm taking his phone i'm taking his phone and if i have to i'm throwing it in the toilet i will let him act like he's like losing it we 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 gonna get a doctor we will i'm gonna call reinforcements because we have a community but at the center of 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 
helping him and assisting him. Yeah, he has autonomy. He's a grown man. He has autonomy. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm also tied to him and tethered to him in a way that no one else has been and no one else will be. I'm his wife. I'm his wife about to be the mother of his children. Okay. We are tied together in an inextricable way. And so miss me with the whole, it's not her responsibility. Cause, and I said that, I said that I was like, it's not her responsibility. It's not, it's not our job to heal broken people. It's not, it is not, but it is our job to acknowledge that they are broken. And it is our job to try to get them the help they need, direct them in the help that they need, and to be supportive. That is our job. Like, too many of us are so focused on me, 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 me. Y'all get married because y'all want somebody to make you feel good. Y'all get in relationships because y'all want somebody to validate you. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a person who has been married twice, as a person who's been in plenty of relationships, if you're getting in a relationship for how it makes you feel exclusively and not what you can do or you can give y'all need to be in no relationship but except with yourself that's it don't bring no other people into that because you need to love on you obviously because you care more about you than the other person marriage is sacrifice marriage is work marriage is 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 giving of yourself your time marriage is 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 a stretching it's a pulling it's a work it's a good work it's a good work but it is work any relationship any relationship worthwhile is going to be work and if you're not ready to do that work you're not ready for a relationship and that's just that so that's all i'm gonna say Meg the Stallion, y'all. <laughs> I have such a deep appreciation for Meg the Stallion. And I didn't think that, you know, I could, um, barring this terrible set of events that has happened to her. Um, she recently went on IG Live and she looks better. She had her hair done. You know, she had her face up done. She. You know, she didn't show off the wounds, which I wouldn't have wanted to see anyway, and not that she needed to. But the wounds that she did show were very prevalent. Like, she was really raw and really honest with us in a way that she did not have to be. And when I saw that live come across my Instagram feed, I immediately jumped. I was like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) I need to hear your voice. I need to see what you're talking about, sis. Are you okay? She's physically okay. That's what I got from what she was saying. She's physically okay. But that girl is hurt. That girl is hurt. You know, she's experienced some serious losses recently, you know, with the passing of her mother. And she talked about this. And then this situation, for those who are unfamiliar with the whole situation, Meg Thee Stallion was at a pool, a Kylie Jenner's pool party um, with Tory Lanez and a friend. The friend... Tory Lanes and her left and somewhere in the mix Megan got shot in the foot twice um prayerfully nothing was damaged nothing that can't be healed happened 
prayerfully, like, thank God, thank God. Um, but, you know, that's a scary situation. That is a scary situation. And it resulted in, there's now all this mystery around, like, did Tori do this to Megan? Um, because she was trying to get out of the car, because apparently she was trying to get out of the car. There was an altercation. The police drove her to the hospital for her to get healed, healed up and and, and properly tended to. Um, there's all this stuff and Megan's not really ready to talk about it. And I don't blame her. This is her life. This is her experience. But she wanted to let us know, you know, that she was all right physically and that she's working on some stuff. I then saw a poster of her and Cardi B. I guess they have a song coming out together. Um, they both look hella cute. They look really cute. So I can't wait to listen to the music. I'm sure it's going to be a great booty shaking song. Um, and that I will shake my booty while I'm washing dishes or right before I nurse. Because <laughs> or vacuuming something. I'm boring. You know I'm boring. Um... But yeah, it was so good to see her. It was so good to see her and hear how she felt and and just be there to show love and support. All right. Um, why are y'all so mad at Oprah? Like, all right, I'm going to say this. And I said that this, this this morning. Um, Oprah has done some things that are worth criticism, like all of us. Oprah has done some things that are worth criticism. What she has recently said about being a black person in the United States is not one of those things. Is not. So for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, because I honestly found this out maybe like an hour ago. um, Oprah is out here making the conservatives and the racists in the red mad because she had the audacity that just she just a terrible person because she opened her mouth about being a black woman in the United States. That's literally it that's all she did was open her mouth about being a black woman in the united states um so for those who don't know she's been working with Lionsgate on a multimedia adaptation of the new york times 1619 project which talks about the legacy of slavery and how all of it kind of translates to today she has recently interviewed stacy abrams and ava duvernay among many others in a two-night special on her on her own <laughs> network the network's called own but i thought it was funny because it is actually her own network um about racism and how to address it the current issue of oh her magazine um features a painted cover of brianna taylor and in a recent show this week she said there are white people who are not as powerful as I'm sorry, there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people, the caste system that has been put into place. But they still, no matter where they are on the rung or the ladder of success, still have their whiteness. You still have your whiteness. And that's the and that's what the term white privilege means. It means that your whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter that's what she said right so all she did was bring up white privilege that's all she said that's all she said oh my gosh she would have thought that she said jesus wasn't real because everybody on the right just i don't understand y'all have whole corporations 
whole corporations, Amazon and all them, they ain't even pay no taxes. They're, they're, they're treating their workers terribly. Even during a global pandemic, they're doing the absolute most with the absolute, with the absolute least run by white people. Now, you'll never hear them open their mouths. Your own president is pretending that a virus that is killing his population, 150,000 gone. 150,000 gone. Not saying anything about him. Just as soon as a black woman opens her mouth to talk about white privilege, y'all want to roll around in the dirt, foam at the mouth, and scream and claw the walls. So Irene Armendariz Jackson, God, I'm sorry, I butchered that. But you, this person said, and now why is Oprah, maybe the richest black woman in the world, trying to shame white people as privileged? Miss Winfrey, you are the personification of white privilege, which is dumb, Irene. Very, very dumb. Because if you actually did the Googles, you know, while you're tweeting, there's this other app called like Safari or depending upon the phone that you have, anything that will link you to the Internet. And you can simply Google. You can type it in. It's really simple. There's a keyboard and everything. You type it in. It says white privilege. Right. Type it in. Type it in. White privilege is exactly what Miss Winfrey said. Miss Winfrey, as a black woman, does not have white privilege. She has class privilege. She has wealth privilege. She has, she has those privileges, what she certainly does not have and what she is expressing and what is very obvious to anyone who has read any words about this situation is white privilege. She does not have white privilege. You look dumb. You sound dumb. Google would have saved you. Moving on to the next dumb person, Ted Cruz, of all people, of all people to shape his fish lips to say anything anything about anybody ted cruz tweeted billionaire oprah lectures the rest of us quote you still have your whiteness and that's what the term white privilege is it means you have whiteness and it still gives you an advantage no matter what end quote and he says what utter racist bs and i love it when white people call black people racist because like i could just look at the record i can let the record on you ted reflect I can let the record reflect that about racist policy, policies and things like that. And remember, your name is Cruz. And in your state, a lot of people of, of, of Latin descent are experiencing racism in your state, bruh. So maybe not shape those th- that face meat that you dare call lips or those uh, chubby thumbs that you dare call thumbs to say anything anything about a black woman who has who grew up dirt poor dirt poor here in the united states y'all want to talk about built from the bootstraps oprah oprah winfrey now i there are very valid criticisms we could talk about oprah extremely valid this right here ain't it this right here ain't it okay now, I don't care where you are or where you stand. Like, there's this weird thing that white people act like because they supported someone that that person owes them something. Like, Oprah don't owe you anything. Yeah, okay, you're, ho- you're a housewife who sat at home, you know, watching Oprah. You know, the kids come home from school. You send them to the rooms to go do homework. Y'all sat down and watched Oprah while Oprah was a show. You know, y'all bought all the books from the book club and stuff like that. Y'all did this. Y'all did that. Right. 
Y'all keep acting like she owes white people something. She does not. She does not. She owes them nothing. Okay? Okay? Oprah is like she she came she literally grew up dirt poor she really started this thing out um and y'all y'all and it's so funny because it's like if if anyone exhibited the narrative that the right like the right wants like black people to adopt it would be oprah it would be oprah she worked hard she kicked butt she she you know she she made a lot of money she also gave a lot of money And she's one of a handful, if that, of black women in the United States who have reached billionaire status. I believe she might be the only one. I'm not sure. I need to check. Not that it matters during a global pandemic. But still, like, and she gives a lot and she still does a lot for other people. Way more than all of the white billionaires combined. And y'all sit up here and get mad at her for speaking about her experience as a black woman growing up here. It's what y'all think y'all are just entitled to not have to deal. Listen, we, we, we supported your book club and we, we, we watched your show and we support the own network and we, we subscribe to the O magazine. So we don't have to listen, you know, so you don't have to tell us about, you know, our whiteness and, you know, you could just make us feel comfortable. You could just dance for us. You could just sing for us. You could just entertain us, make us feel good about ourselves. Is that what you think? Is that what you think? Is that what you really think? You think that Oprah owes you something? You think that Oprah owes you comfortability? The problem is, white people are more concerned about their comfort than they are with black lives. Like, remember, we too were promised life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And we're still trying to get to life. And y'all are just relishing in pursuit of happiness. That y'all won't even take the time to listen to her. Imagine that. Imagine being so wrapped up in your own perspective that you don't even take the time to listen to anyone who has a different one. Imagine being that small. Imagine being that small-minded. That's sad. That is extremely sad and pathetic. Y'all need to do better. Moving along. So guess who's back in the news? Aurora Police Department. So if you guys are unfamiliar with the Aurora Police Department, they are the police department that... Still refuses to accept uh, responsibility, but the responsibility of the terrible murder of the kindest person you we probably ever had in in this country, Elijah McClain, who used to play his violin to calm kittens down. Unbelievable. Um, in 2019, uh, you guys can look up. We search what happened to him, but long in the short. Um, the Aurora PD is responsible for his death and people need to be fired. Um, you know who got fired? The people who went back and reenacted his death from the Aurora police. Who are y'all hiring over there? Who is responsible for hiring? Because fire that person. Because obviously y'all not doing the best job. Case end point. A few days ago in this here country, in the year of our Lord, 2020, during a global pandemic, during social uprising, during a time where people are asking to be tra- treated civilly, not na- we're not even gotten to equal, civilly. The Aurora County, I mean, the Aurora PD decided that they, you know, they were looking for um, a stolen car. They found a car with matching plates, 
matching plates. Wrong state, but matching plates. It was a van. It was a blue minivan with one woman and four minors. The youngest of which is six. That's true. Brittany Gillum was with her six-year-old daughter, her 12-year-old sister, and her 14 and 17-year-old nieces on Sunday when the Aurora Police Department drew their weapons on them. Talking about their car was stolen. Um, a car with children, one adult. How, 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 how did they steal it? Did the six-year-old Jerry rig it? Someone tell me about. Someone tell me about the twelve-year-old who like, who like finessed her way into the car. Tell tell me about it because I want to hear about it. I want to know. So apparently, they drew their weapons on them. They laid them down on the pavement in the middle of the day that pavement had to be so hot six-year-old girl screaming screaming for her mother 12 14 and 17 year old girls on the ground six police officers standing over them handcuffs on everybody including the six-year-old including the six-year-old including the six-year-old They apparently have issued an apology on Monday after after they did this, after drawing guns. I can only imagine what that must have been like for those children. I can only imagine the fear. In fact, you can hear the fear because they are screaming. They are crying. They are sobbing into the dirt of this hot pavement while six white officers stand over them after handcuffing them. They are laying out on their chests, y'all. Children. Children, whoever's doing the hiring over there, y'all need to fire that person. Who like these officers, all of them, fire them, fire them. The detective work. I don't understand. Y'all see the right plates, but y'all see the wrong state. That's not the right car. That's not even it. What are you doing? And I don't even do detective work. <laughs> I don't even do police work. I'm a normal citizen who watches TV. <laughs> <laughs> who watches police shows on occasion this this could have been easily avoided this could have been easily avoided but no now y'all are embarrassed i hope Brittany and the rest of that family takes that whole police department for everything they got everything they got take them right to court take them right to court because i'll be damned if my six-year-old has to lay out in the dirt because y'all mixed up y'all plates because y'all not doing your job it's mix-ups like these that cause the deaths of people like Breonna Taylor. It's mix-ups like these that cause the death of people like Tamir Rice. We're not playing with y'all anymore. And I know accidents will happen. I know accidents will happen. But God damn it, they don't have to. These are stupid mistakes. These are dumb mistakes. Brittany was trying to take these girls out to go get their nails done. To try to treat them. For something nice. And here y'all go. Just being awful. Brittany, take them for everything they got. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all for me. Um, let's move into the... Let's move into the wrap-up rant and Blacks in the Deep End. All right. Time for the wrap-up rant and Blacks in the Deep End. End. So I have a rant 
and it's minor, but it's for Black is King. Now, before y'all jump down my throat, I don't need any buzzing of the bees. This is not directed at Beyonce in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Black is King is a masterpiece, a visual masterpiece. Dear God, just beautiful. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything negative to say um, because it was. I just, I don't have any words. <laughs> like, and I'm not usually stunned for words, but it was just so beautiful. I don't really even know what else to say. Um, but this is for two different groups. The first group is a bunch of you supremacists who I doubt you're listening to the show. But if you did, hey, hi. Um, for everyone who was complaining about black supremacy and thinking that Beyonce is pushing a narrative of supremacy of blackness. And it's not fair that she had a whole movie that was just filled with black people. Hi, um, y'all have the entirety of cinema, the entirety of cinema. You also have shows like Friends, who, you know, is a total bite off of um, Living Single. And you could fight me about it, but it's true. And Living Single was way better. But also, Friends was supposed to be in New York City. And it was the whitest New York City I've ever seen in my life. There was only maybe a few characters of color. Not very many. Very extremely whitewashed. And y'all could fight me on that too. But yeah. But yeah. But y'all don't notice that. Y'all don't ever see that. It's only when you are forced to look at a whole screen filled with people who don't look like you. Oh, welcome. That has been our experience um, since ever. Since ever. So don't get me started because I can name a slew, a ton of movies that don't have a single character of color. Not one, let alone black. So y'all can go ahead and suck it. (laughs) Um... But anyway, uh, the the majority of my rant is for Christians because y'all are weird. um, And as a fellow Christian, I (sighs) I went through this period of agnosticism, acknowledging I was I was agnostic. I acknowledged that there was a God, um, but nothing beyond that. That lasted maybe a year or two before the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ decided to grab me by the collar and say, ha ha ha, nope. I'm going to shake up your life and remind you that you grew up in this faith and that you have a personal relationship with me and blah, 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 blah. Um, Needless to say, hi, I'm a Christian too. Um, So as fellow Christians, family, we need to talk. Y'all are weird. A lot of y'all are really, really weird. Some of y'all are so weird that you looked at black as king and y'all want to throw, well, 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 Jesus is king. Yes. Jesus is king. But did you know that since Jesus, since he rose to heaven during that time, uh, over 2000 years ago, that there have been kings since? In fact, did you know that there's kings now all over the world? Various countries. I just learned something about the king of Spain. Apparently, he got pulled up on charges for um, allegedly charges for uh, fraud or whatever crime they have over there. Um <laughs> <clears throat> didn't know there was a king of Spain. But there's a king of Spain, right? There's kings all over the world. So yes, Jesus is king also. But also, 
there's tons of kings and it's okay if someone says black is king that's fine like that's fine too guys um but then y'all were talking about how demonic some of the things were that she was promoting and it's wild to me how whitewashed our christianity is i'm talking to you blacks because y'all will look at the expressions of our ancestry african faiths and call it demonic but you won't look at the crusades the crusades the salem witch trials witch trials all over the world matter of fact y'all won't look at your own churches currently and look at how you have a bunch of pew warmers who won't read their bibles but will dare tell a woman that her skirt is too short or her her you know she's dressing in too provocative of a way um when your freaky deacons over there are the ones with the lust and i remember somewhere there was someone a person named i don't know jesus who said that if you even think of a woman in a lustful way you have already committed adultery with her in her mind putting the onus on the person not the object and i hate that even use the word object because that means you're objectifying that woman but that's in essence what y'all doing that's in essence what y'all doing y'all won't look at that y'all won't call that demonic y'all will be straight up lying on the savior lying on jesus well jesus told me and i feel led and who's leading you who's leading you where you feel led at what you talking about some of y'all will straight up just just drive people out because they didn't fit in when jesus said go ye therefore and make disciples that's what he said that's what he preached that's what's in the book go ye therefore and preach to every living thing every living thing right and y'all will because someone doesn't wear a doily on their head or they don't wear a skirt down to their ankles or god forbid they show up to church in jeans um god forbid like or holes in their jeans oh my god like it's the worst how will they ever get to heaven with denim like what are you talking about like what are y'all talking about some of y'all are weird some of y'all are weird strange odd abnormal people and this is why our message will never be effective because too many of y'all are too focused on this on, on on your religion and not focused on the savior we're supposed to be disciples we're supposed to be following the savior following his example following his lifestyle following who he is and who he taught us to be and too many of y'all are focused on first Sunday we wear black and we don't eat meat on Friday and all this other stuff like that where is that written where is that it where is that in the book and have we properly exegeted the text I will talk about exegesis and eisegesis in another day but you guys can google it yourself how is that properly interpreting the scripture how is that properly teaching the scripture y'all are weird Okay, and I'm not a Beyonce stan, but Blackest King was beautiful. It was it was a balm that a lot of us did not know we needed in a time where people don't value our lives. Okay, and if you don't like it, just say you don't like it. (laughs) You're allowed to not like things. You don't have to make it demonic. You're weird. You're lying on the Savior. That's a conversation you're going to have to have in the afterlife. 
That has nothing to do with me. Stop being weird, please. You're driving people away. <sighs> um, and yeah, they all. That's uh, that's it for me. That's all I got. Um, you know, the usual. Oh, I don't think we do this enough, and so I'm gonna exemplify this. In a, and this is going to be really strange for me to do. But um, <laughs> we don't give ourselves enough credit. And I'm the worst of that. I will be the first to jump up and cheer on all of my friends. And all of the people who I love. And all the people who I admire. Whenever they do the slightest thing. <laughs> um, because I'm their cheerleader. And I just, I adore when I love you, I love you. Like, I love you down. If you need support, I am there. If you need encouragement, I am there. If you need somebody to just vent to, I am there. Like, that's the type of person I am. I'm not that for myself. And so, I was featured in a story in Wired Magazine this month. In, in, it's in digital and in print where I discuss the problems with the platform TikTok and I talk about digital blackface. You can find it on wired.com or you can go and purchase it a copy. I'm going to probably purchase several for, you know, my mama and them. Um, <laughs> but I had such a hard time telling people that this was happening that I was almost to the point of tears texting my friends about it. Like it, it, it was so weird to even put it up on social media. And I'm, these are the things that you put on social media. These are the discussions you talk about, you know, you talk about your wins, you know, you talk about, you, I see people doing it all the time. Like they, they talk about the things that they're doing. They talk about the work that they're doing. And I've been working in the anti-racist field for years now, years Talking about why people shouldn't be racist. Talking about why people shouldn't be bigots. Talking about my own personal growth and how, you know, my own mind mindset had to shift for several different communities that I once was not the nicest to. And how that sucks and how we need to do better. And when I say we need to do better, I include myself in that group. But I won't say, ugh. I'm beating myself up again. I won't say that I did something good or that something was a win for me. This was a win for me. I have always dreamt of being in a magazine. Now, I always dreamt about writing the articles. <laughs> I never dreamt about being a person who would be featured in one. Um, so this was a win. And I'm extremely grateful and I want to shout out Jason Parham, the writer of the piece. I want to shout out Wired. I want to shout that entire team because they are a great, incredible team. Um, and even in the time of COVID, like we had to like figure out different things with the photos, different things, you know, with, you know, they had to do a bunch of fact checking and things like that. Um, I had people who came behind Jason to talk to me more and give further notes and things like that, which was dope. Like the wire team is very, very careful and cautious and kind and considerate. And I appreciate everybody on that team. And I appreciate them adding my voice to the story of 
of being anti-racist and what it means to actually fight this thing in the digital space. So, um, yeah, that was a win. Whew, this was really hard. Okay, I'm done. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. Thank you for joining our community. We grow bigger by the week. I cannot believe how big you guys are making this show. Like, y'all are so dope. I I love you guys so much. Remember, you can hit me up at on Twitter and Instagram at The Reclaimed. On TikTok at Anti-Blackfish Club. Um, you can hit me up in my email at thereclaimedblog at gmail.com. Um, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. You get the point. Don't forget, you can support me on Patreon. Keep this show independent so we can talk about the things that we want to talk about. Um, and you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Whitney Elise. All of those links will be in the description box. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, And as always, peace, y'all.